guys and welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. Happy August. I'm so excited about today's episode. Today we have Kayleen Langford of The Startup Creative and she's amazing. This was such a good episode. I loved interviewing her. So I am so excited to have you guys here, whether you're here from Kay's side of the internet or mine. I'm incredibly excited to dive into this episode with you. A little bit about Kayleen. She is the owner of Startup Creative, a hugely popular online platform, podcast, and print magazine that educates, inspires, and supports creative entrepreneurs and future innovators. Um, She has over a decade of experience with coaching, educating, and supporting individuals to identify and achieve their goals, working with aspiring and established entrepreneurs. She just like believes that everyone has the ability to achieve their potential, potential, wow, and take control of their destiny. So it was so fun to talk to her and all about her experience, writing her book, publishing her book, how to like set and work towards your goals. She's amazing. She's such a badass. She was so cool to talk to. So I'm gonna stop blabbing as always. I try to keep these intros short for you guys before you dive into these episodes so that you can just enjoy the guest. So I'm excited for you to dive right in. We'll have all of her links for you guys in the show notes. And so let's get to it. for coming on the show. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. And I would love for you, for those who don't know you yet, would you give us a little introduction on yourself? Of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, So my name is Kay. I'm the founder of Startup Creative and it's a podcast, online platform. Once upon a time, it was a magazine. So maybe come back Um, and author of How to Start a Side Hustle. And yeah, my dream and my passion is helping people to turn their passions into viable businesses. So I've been doing that for about almost eight years, I think. Oh my God. And Right. And yeah, it's working. Love that. That just keeps going. Oh, we love that. Okay. So it started as a magazine. What was the magazine? Well, it was originally a six-week course. So it was like how to turn a passion into a viable business. And I actually, my background was program development. So I used to work like advising government and, you know, doing a bit more corporate vibes. Got into that. I don't don't know about your startup story specifically, but when that funk of like, what am I doing here? This sucks. I hate my job. You know, I'm spending all my life here and I need to get out startups entrepreneurship were kind of starting to bubble and you know it was a bit more silicon valley um you know tech suits app development and i was meeting a lot of creatives and just surrounded by them and i felt like i guess i was one in a sense of being like you know maybe business doesn't need to be this far off thing of like you have to have an mba and you know it's about taking an idea and making it a reality and that was what i did with program development so I was able to someone, you know, give you a project and say, we need a program for this. And, you know, you bring a team together and you brand it and you get funding and you teach everybody about how it's going to run. And I was like, well, you know, I can um, teach people how I do this and apply it to business. And so that was my first um, gig. And I did, I dropped back to four days a week at my job and wrote this six-week course. And then I went out and got funding for um, companies and universities and councils and governments to fund me to run this six-week program. 
And then eventually it led into, you know, I was um, hearing a lot of stories of people who, you know, ran the coffee shop or the bar that I went to and was like, well, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. And everybody's story was different and it was so unconventional and there was no one linear way. And a lot of people hustled in really creative ways to get their ideas off the ground. And I was like, well, this is like the MBA, real life stories. So I just started to put them into a print magazine um, and then eventually, yeah, moved the business into like one-on-one coaching, online courses, the podcast. And then last year I, I published my book. Oh my gosh. One congratulations yeah. on the book. Uh-huh. That's huge. That is so cool. Um, okay. That is fascinating. And I feel like so unconventional because I feel like we see a lot of coaches that almost started by taking like a hobby, making it into a business and then teaching people how they did it. And I love that this is what you did on a corporate level. And then you just like took that, like that you'd been, you know, gotten your degree and all of that. That's so cool that you just went straight into teaching people how to do it. I think that's rad. Thank you. Yeah. I think it was, I mean, most people, I guess, start by doing what they want, what they need in a business. Right. So for me, it was like business felt like this thing that was far off and unattainable or, you know, wasn't my world because I was creative and I, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't have the MBA. And when I really started to like, and I'm also obsessed with like researching, learning and formulas and numbers and, you know, cracking a code, you know, I do that with everything in, in my life. And then for me, it was like translating that and getting to the bottom of it and being like, hang on, like a university isn't the only place to learn this stuff and people are doing it without a degree. So I think it, you know, our tagline is, straight up business advice. And for me, it was like, just give it to me straight. If you can tell me how to do it in the most black and white way, then I'll go out and do it. And that's what I was doing. And then as it was working, I was teaching other people and being like, Hey, this stuff works. Like that's so cool. I love like a very data driven. And like you said, like numbers driven black and white way of moving forward with things. Cause I think there can be, I mean, we kind of do the meld of like that and also intuition. And I think there's a lot of teaching right now on how to do it in a very creative way. But I think, I think the logistics and the data and the numbers is what keeps a lot of creatives from moving forward because it can be so intimidating. Like I know I've talked to so many business owners where they're like, I'm an artist. I hate the business side of things. I'm so scared of the business side of things. So I think being able to provide like a black and white is yeah, so well, helpful. Interesting you say that because I started like definitely like, you know, here's a business plan and like all of the things and obviously numbers, you know, anyone who's done any work around money mindset and, you know, I know that you talk a lot around this with abundance Mm and wealth creation. The biggest thing around that is actually not having the limiting beliefs and saying out loud, like I suck at money, you know, it's like never say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then putting, you know, I always think if you feel like you can't do something, it's about bringing it to the center and just getting real with it. And, um, you know, that's the business side of stuff, right? So it's like a really easy checklist, knowing your numbers, because otherwise it's not a business at the end of the day, it has to make money. Otherwise it's not a viable business. Mm -hmm. But I think that, and I think, you know, we have the similarities in how he teaches that over the years, there's like that deep sense of intuition and it's 
some of and you probably the same of meeting people who who have done really well with the numbers and the logistics and the scaling and the growing and have you know built multi-million dollar businesses but they also have this deep sense of self and knowing and you know making decisions from a place of what's right and I think over the years I've definitely been merging the two of them together because we're human at the end of the day and you can't you know you're not a robot you can't separate your desires and life and you know hearts longing and little yeah pokes that want to also help you make really smart decisions from a place of like I don't know how I logistically did this but Mm -hmm. it came to me and it was a brilliant idea (laughs) I love that um I know you said like it's you're kind of like melding this world now. And I know you said in the beginning that you've been doing this for eight years, right? Was it eight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how have things kind of shifted or grown or changed over the last eight years? Cause eight years is a long time. Like I'm like, I went full time with photography six years ago, six or seven. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I would have asked myself back then, like what I'd be doing in six or seven years, I don't think education would have even come into my mind. Like, I'm sure I would have been like, oh, I'm just still going to be a photographer. I'll be doing that for a long time. Um, so much has changed and shifted. So what's kind of your journey been like, like, is it where you expected it to be or have things like really shifted and grown over the last several years? Yeah, for sure. No, it's like completely unpredictable, right? Like I don't, when you first start out and you, and you take the leap and you start doing it for yourself and you go full time, like there's so many milestones, which is like, you know, A, just doing it as a side hustle and then, you know, telling people about it and then eventually the transition and then setting the bigger dreams and goals. But for me, it was like, yeah, there's, it's that thing where I can remember early on having the vision of the life that I live now, like I could see this. And I always say this to people, I'm like, whilst I didn't know how I was going to get here, there was, I I saw the freedom of my life is the biggest thing that I set out to create, to, you know, have work come to me, to be, you know, at a premium price point with coaching and really great clients that I love to work with, still writing programs, the podcast, all those things. And I wanted it really, I, like I could see that and I envisioned it and I had the mood boards and I visualized it, but there was no way that that version of myself could have been living this life. Like I needed the seven to eight years to learn and develop and hone my skills and mature as a person and have setbacks and, you know, and push through the hard days. And I think I was actually, my partner was saying to me last night, it's like, even though I'm eight years in, I still have those funky days where you're like, what am I doing? Why do I do this? Like, what, what do I even do? Mm -hmm. And my partner said to me, Hey, I think that there's this thing in there. Cause I'm like, this happens all the time. And you think you, you know, kind of flowing and then it comes up again. You're like, ah, and was like, you know, it keeps you relatable because you don't get too far ahead of yourself and you still encounter the same stuff that everybody else is encountering, whether you're just starting out or you're scaling and your job is to figure out how you're going to work through it so that you can help other people. And it just, this kind of grounding thing. And it was like the reminder of, you know, the being in the arena, it's like you're getting kicked around but you have to figure it out and get up every single day and doors open 
And I guess the fact that I'm feeling it and processing it and working through it means is one of the biggest like foundations of my business, which is straight up advice, keeping it real, authentic, not being all shiny and great and everything's fab. Um, and so, yeah, lots has changed, you know, digital marketing. When I first started and social media was like easy, I would say, compared to what it is now. Um, you know, there's the book deal came out of the blue when I was at a friend's 30th birthday party. I met. Oh, my God. Yeah. So stuff like that. But I think the consistent thing has been I just got up every single day and was like, I'm going to keep moving in that direction of that vision that I'm holding, even if my reality isn't reflecting that right now. I kept holding the vision and, you know, it's like, yeah, put one foot in front of the other and doors open and things just completely blow your mind. You're like, I couldn't have even come up with that idea, you know, that opportunity and pitched for it because I didn't even know it existed. And now here it is, somebody's offering it to me. So it really is about just getting up every day and being like, just keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And I love how you said that, like, you couldn't have even envisioned this. Cause I think that's something that's really hard for people is they think they need to have like the perfect picture on what they're working towards. Whereas like, you don't necessarily like, it's so great to have a vision, but it's like, you might attain something that like, yeah, you couldn't have even dreamed of. Like I talk about that with my life now. I'm like, I couldn't have dreamed this up. Like I couldn't have predicted it. I just knew I wanted something like better, or I knew I wanted this aspect of it. And all of these things kind of came along the way, which is really beautiful. Um, So I feel like that kind of leads me into what I wanted to talk to you about alongside all of these other things, which is like just the process of getting started. And I think there's something really interesting and cool about today's space, which is like when you started eight years ago and when I started like six to seven years ago, it was, yeah, like entrepreneurship was getting pretty big, but it still was like a somewhat chill market. Like there wasn't a million people who were self-employed. Um, and a lot of people I talk to now that are just wanting to get started or they're wanting to scale or they're wanting to like move the business forward in some way. I feel like they get really hung up on the oversaturation of the market or that there's maybe someone already doing it, or there's so many things to learn. It can just be like very overwhelming. So I would love to hear more from you. I know you talk about like building the confidence to take action and like just get started. And I would love to hear your perspective on like all of that for people that are feeling like overwhelmed. Yeah, no, it's a real thing. And it's like, it, you know, you're probably the same meeting as like, it doesn't go away as well, you know, like, mm-hmm. even I wish. Starting, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, if you're just starting, it's just as scary as pitching a, a second book deal, you know, or going after a, a big podcast guest or, you know, launching a course. There's so many different start points along the way. And so it's getting comfortable with keep moving outside of the comfort zone. In terms of the saturated marketplace, I mean, I'm really big in having an abundance mentality of there's plenty to go around. And that a lot of that has come from my, I guess, my meditation practice as well of you know, we live in an abundant universe that is infinite possibilities. And yeah, dreams exist beyond our wildest imagination. And, you know, there's, it, it's out there. And it's like, when you have that kind of scarcity and lack, I, it's like a closed circuit, you can't receive. And, you know, 
when you're operating from that place of scarcity and lack and fear and you know comparing yourself and competition you can feel that in someone like if we can mm -hmm. all think of somebody who's highly competitive and you feel like you can't celebrate what you're doing because they're going to be try and one up you or you know who's someone who's fearful and you know the energy that that all holds and so it's the same in your business you know like all of that holds a energy of like I need more for me and you know what's how do I get this out of how do I get people to pay me so I can have a successful business and that's the lack mentality of putting yourself at the center and I was actually reading this um, indigenous book about the indigenous cultures and um, astrology so this idea of indigenous and especially indigenous Australians how science perceives the world love science big fan of it has an incredible place um we perceive the world especially through the lens of astrology is like i'm at the center and what direction am i looking so you know you're to my left you're in front of me like we navigate the sciences based on the human as the center and indigenous cultures like will always know north south east and west so it's actually not based on me as an mm. egocentric person being like the world exists like to my navigation system based on me you know mm -hmm. um and I think that's the same with business right it's like it's not about you the moment that you're like this can't be done and you know there's too many people out there doing it and there's a lot that I could say here but I would say firstly it's not about you put your customer at the center um, what is in it for them? We're all egocentric beings. Your job is to be of service, to show up with value um, or to solve a problem in somebody's life. And when you really nail that, you can't not have business. People are going to go, oh, that's exactly what I've been looking for, right? Mm -hmm. And the saturation, it also serves us in a, in a, in, in a way because the saturation means that we have so much variety as consumers that we are being stricter about where we spend our time and our and our money and our and yeah our our resources so we're looking for brands who are ethical or sustainable or share our values and our outlook on the world and have sustainable packaging or is a real person you know so the variety also serves us to be able to niche down and find our exact target market and give them, yeah, connect with them on a, on a more personal level because, you know, back in the day it was like, who knows a plumber, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. it's not just I need a plumber now and I'm going to look in the, you know, in Australia we have the yellow pages. Which is oh my gosh, I remember the yellow pages from yeah right and like that's how we used to find the people that we did business with mm -hmm. and you know or somebody gave you a referral like card that sat on your fridge and it was somebody's uncle's dad or whatever mm -hmm. and now it's like okay no I'm gonna go and I re read a statistic recently that was like 70% of a customer's decision is made behind closed doors mm -hmm. so we're actually doing the stalking behind closed doors of a brand and a business to really seek out and understand who they are and what they stand for. You know, can they deliver on the promise? Are they the right person for me? And so the saturation can serve you in a point to, yeah, carve out that. 
and showcase yourself. Um, and then I think the other thing is, yeah, putting your customer at the center. So it's not about you. What's the genuine problem or the solution and going out and testing it. And I think, you know, we, I wrote this blog, which maybe I think we, you had seen as well about mm-hmm. this um, idea of like bats and dolphins sending out their sounds. Yeah. Will you go like, through that for me? Cause I loved reading it. And so I would <laughs> love for everyone to hear it. Cause I had never yeah. heard this talked about in business and I was like, this is such a cool idea. So I would love yeah. to hear about it again from you. For sure. This idea of, so bats and dolphins send out their high pitched sounds. So they, they can't see, especially bats, right? They have really bad sight. And so when they're hunting in the dark, and, it, and it's hunting and socializing and navigating space through in the dark when they can't physically see with their eyes. So what they do is they send a high-pitched sound with their voice, with their, um, yeah, their voice. And what they do is they send it out and based on what that sound wave encounters, it will like, I guess, create a shape, right? So imagine like the sound wave molding around whatever it encounters, then it'll hit you know, an object or a wall or, you know, prey and it bounces back. And so what the original sound that was sent out was like, you know, a certain sound wave that had a certain shape and pattern to it based on what it encounters and then um, echoes back. It'll change shape based on what it, you know, had to navigate around. And so it's like a puzzle piece, right? It then tells the bat, well, this is what I'm, what's in front of me based on the mm. differences between the sound waves. Um, and so I guess the way that I related that to business was that when you first set out to do something like starting a business, it's dark. You're like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if, you know, how this is going to work or where it's going to end up and what shape it's going to take. But when we send out the our, our high-pitched sounds and we wait for the echo, we actually, that what happens in that sound wave is it carries information back to you. And so I'm a really big fan of telling people what you do. And I don't know, you've probably had this experience as a coach so many times where people come and they sign up for coaching and they do their intake form and they pay their invoice and they've got the calendar invite in their diary, they start taking it really seriously. And then they have their session and they might come back and go, wow, all these things have just happened. And I'm like, it's not me. It's the fact that you took it seriously, right? Mm -hmm. You You put it out there and you got information back and that information back is vital to making sure that your business exists for a purpose to, to solve a problem, um, to add value. And so putting your customer at the center, telling people what you're doing, telling your customer what you have to offer and getting the feedback will help you to navigate the dark spaces. So it, it mm. helps you to kind of paint the picture of what's in front of you. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I love that. And I just love the symbolism too of just like you almost have to send noise out like you have to speak it in order to receive that information too Mm -hmm. because I think that's almost that's kind of like a really scary part of being an entrepreneur starting a business is just like that first being like I'm gonna do this hey everyone I'm doing this like that initial plunge is so scary to announce that you're doing something because there's almost a semblance of like 
I can't go back now. Like I've said it and I'm going to do it now. And so I think that's such a beautiful thing to be like, once you do that information and intuition Mm -hmm. and whatever it is that you want to call it, will start coming back to you. Well, that's the interesting thing is I did this research into imposter syndrome lately. Mm. And so what a lot of people and Brene Brown talks a lot about shame and why it's one of the most powerful emotions as humans. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the shame of saying I'm going to be a photographer, I'm going to be a coach or whatever is the biggest reason people don't want to say that out loud or start a business is because of the shame of what people will think of us, what people will say, what if it doesn't work, all of these things. And that's where we start to experience imposter syndrome of like, I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, who do I think I am to start a business? No one, my business in my family has done it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good at this. Like all of those things that come up. And this research was saying that they're looking into imposter syndrome as a potential, you know, like maybe on the level of uh, like anxiety and um, depression and as a, mm. a di- diagnosable experience, but perhaps it started out as a, as a um, protective mechanism because when we were in community as, as, you know, first humans on this planet, we were existed in tribes and community. And so a tribe and a community is at its strongest point when they stay together right and they have Mm. the mix of skills and they've got plenty of eyes to look out they've got plenty of people to battle they've got plenty of people to share the load of finding food and all of these things so if somebody then says I'm going to go over here and I'm going to step out of the tribe and the community and the norm then imposter syndrome could have been a safety mechanism to keep tribe together because that person walks out of tribe and says, I'm going to go over here. Let's say hypothetically to start their own tribe, or I'm going to go this way, you know, on our trek or whatever, but it breaks up the tribe, which makes, gives them a weak link. So if somebody feels shame or as an imposter, of I, I can't possibly leave the norm of what everybody else is doing, which is all it's like starting a business, then I will stay with tribe and I won't question the status quo and we will be stronger together. And mm. the sameness is, has sameness has always helped to perpetuate the strength of the human race because yeah, we're, we're likable to each other. We stay together. We are stronger, like all of these things. We're mm-hmm. controllable. Like we could really go deep mm-hmm. into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so the, so it's the imposter syndrome and so the, question you have to ask yourself is if you're feeling that is is this a real threat or is this just perhaps maybe an innate thing in me that once upon a time served me to be stay in tribe and keep safe and help to you know be a part of a a tribe that could protect me and feed me and you know Mm -hmm. help me to procreate or is this really necessary in the world that we don't necessarily need to be that interconnected to tribe and community? And, you know, you can ask yourself the question of where is that coming from? Is it your parents' voice or your partner's mm. or somebody outside of you? Or Yeah. No, I, that's so fascinating. I am going to have to do some research on that as well. Cause I like yeah, have not I'll heard of this. Side. Please. Yeah. I'm like, we'll have to link it in the show notes as well. Cause I'm like, That is fascinating. And I think what's hard about imposter syndrome too, is it really does convince us that 
we're the only ones this is happening to as well. Like, I know I've talked to people where they're like, I just can't wait to get to the point where that stops being a thing. And I'm like, oh, let me know if you find it. Cause I don't think it exists. Yeah. Like I'm like, everyone feels that way from time to time. So that is such a fascinating idea and like study that like, it really is an innate biological thing, which totally makes sense. And it kind of makes it easier to be like, oh, you know, like it's like we've all come to accept, okay, I'm in fight, fight, flight or freeze right now. You know, Mm. we've all learned that that is just a human response. It's a human emotional reaction. When I feel threatened, I can trigger one of these three states. Um, And we've come to be able to observe that. And it's the same with imposter syndrome. It's like, it's just a human reaction and emotion and you know most emotions will actually pass through your body within 90 seconds if we don't give them a story and too much energy mm. Ooh, love that we love a 90 second window just for those <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> it's like when you're in like I I always think about it when I'm like in a relationship and you know like someone triggers you and you're like 90 seconds do not <laughs> say the thing that is triggering my entire body right now like just yes breathe through the 90 seconds yeah I'm like anyone can do that 90 seconds we can breathe through that we can survive that that is totally doable <laughs> yeah here for it. it's love very that hard when you're highly emotionally charged yes no absolutely um okay so I would love to know I love all of this I also love people who love research because I'm not like that so I'm very like admirable that you like love research so much because I have some friends that are like that too. And I'm like, I want to be better. So I have such an admiration when people are so research driven. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been like your favorite thing that you've learned in general, but also like learned about yourself in the last eight years? Mm, great question. Um, learned in general, I think there's this journey that I'm on with myself and have been you know, the last few years with Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. I don't know if you've come across his meditation. It sounds so familiar. Yeah. I feel like I might have. I stumbled across his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, which triggers a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. But (laughs) there's, I think for me, like I've, I stumbled across the book and it was, you know, I picked it up off a bookshelf and I remember turning over the back and there was this kind of white American guy who was giving some sort of self-help thing. And I was just like, oh, and I put it back. I was like, I'm done with like these kind of books, like give me something different. Did a lap of the bookshelf, the bookshop came back and I was like, something about that book. And I put it on my bedside table, bought it, put it on my bedside table. And um, I finished, I was finishing another book and was like, ah, oh, and just like had this feeling of like, I need to read that book. Anyway, eventually I picked it up and just could not put it down. It was read it so quickly. And then it was again, the science of meditation and neuro, neuroscience and, you know, all these things about, you know, how it works and quantum physics and just like completely was my jam and started meditating through his guided meditations and like was obsessed within like you know two hours a day when I first started out like just oh my gosh love that that's so cool and honestly like I promise you I was the person like that was like I should meditate I should meditate never did anything about it and then was like I, I just really something in me hit me at the right time where I was like there is more to this world than the 3D reality. 
and there is a possibility, there is a way in which we can exist and create from a quantum field of with ease, joy and abundance. And we don't need to be hustling through time and space and forcing and, you know, and yeah, competing and pushing and being hard. Like what if we actually created from a place of flow and alignment? And when you get into, like, I imagine it's like, you know, a river and there's all these little currents running through it. And it, when you're in your current, you're, you're just being taken through down the, the river of life and it works and it's easy and it's joyful and it's abundant. And every day you wake up and you're like, oh, I cannot believe this life I get to live and things are coming to me and I'm life is working for me. And I really am believe I, that's how I choose to live my life. And that's what I want to teach other people is that what if we all had an, a purpose and a flow that when we actually finally get into alignment, we get all of our limiting beliefs and our thoughts out of the way that keep us from believing that life has to be hard and business mm. needs to be hustle and, you know, all these long hours and there's only so much to go around and we get all of that out of the way. What is possible? What is our potential? And, you know, for me, I really do believe that the more that I can peel back the layers of, you know, limiting beliefs in my own self, the more that I can actually create infinite possibilities of my wildest dreams with ease as well. Oh, I love the with ease part because I think that's mm. one of the most like beautiful things about mindset is like you said, it's like stepping into a current. Like I just picture like the lazy rivers at the water park that you would just lounge in and they'd like take you around. Like that's how it should feel. Right. And I think that's, yeah, we've, we've sold this lie that it's got to be hard and, you know, we've got to battle and, yeah, compete and, and yeah, push ourselves to sickness and all of these things and actually tuning in and figuring out what, yeah, where you're meant to be of service in this world, I think, first and foremost. And then, yeah, how do you tap into your, you know, and back to that question we were talking about and you're probably the same with going from photography into coaching mm -hmm. and realizing and like I'd love to hear your story as well because it's like the realization of like oh, I love this and I'm good at this and this is my natural ability and I've mm -hmm. always loved helping or teaching or presenting and being on stage and you realize there's all these little things that you loved from being you know for me I look back and I was like I was in a um uh, like a, I entered myself in like a speech competition it's like oh my gosh love <laughs> like things like that and I'm like and I love being on stage like it was all there and I'm finally just listening to it and mm. I just figured out how to build a business that is my circle of excellence doing what I love and my natural abilities that have always been there and mm. I've just finally listened to it and come into alignment yeah I think that's such a beautiful concept, even just like, like you, when you were nine, like just looking back and seeing like these strengths that you've always had and then leaning into those rather than trying to force 
maybe habits or preferences or like ways of doing things that don't come naturally. Cause I think that's something people get really hung up on too, is that they need to do things a certain way, or they need to show up Mm -hmm. a certain way when in reality, the best thing we can do is just identify our strengths and lean into those more. Um, like you being an amazing public speaker, I'm like, for some people, they would hate that, but that's such a strength for you. And they probably have a strength that they could bring in that would propel their business so far forward just by like being more naturally themselves. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that thing we were talking about around, you know, how do you just start and the saturated marketplace? It's like Mm. when you are doing things your way, that is what lights you up, then you run a more authentic business that people can connect with and relate to. And it doesn't feel hard or scary because you're not trying to do a TikTok dance that is totally not your thing Mm -hmm. and you run a podcast because that's where you light up or where you're good at right Mm -hmm. and so there's always going to be things where you need to like you know challenge yourself to learn and to research and to grow um and you know sometimes you can outsource some of that stuff Mm -hmm. like you know we we both outsource our editing to our podcast like that Mm -hmm. me sitting and editing a podcast would be like "Mm -mm, i can't do it no (laughs) Cannot concentrate on that level of detail. <laughs> so there's times where you can outsource that stuff. But um, yeah, I'm not saying like only do the things you love because that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can focus majority of your time and energy um, where you light up and you thrive and you will be more inspired to get up and be motivated to do the things and do the things that you also don't want to do because mm-hmm. you're most of your time is spent in your um yeah you're like I guess power place so yeah no I love that idea too yeah that like making more space to almost like stay in your zone of genius will make those other tasks way more tolerable because you'll just Mm -hmm. be excited that you're spending the majority of your time on something you're so passionate about I think that's a great way of looking at your business too is trying to just minimize the things that don't bring you joy and maximize the things that do yeah and that means that you the things that don't bring you joy have a purpose so it's like Mm. you know um sitting down and creating a spreadsheet for this new show that I'm writing that is like um you know to to keep track of the guests that have been on there and all the music we've used and all this stuff and it's like that helps me to grow and scale so that you know like most of my time is spent recording it but taking 10% of my time to go and do this. But the reason why, you know, giving the things that are hard a purpose and a reason and a why, um, you know, when I do this, it means that I can grow this radio show to this level and scale. Mm -hmm. And that's my motivation for doing the hard stuff as well. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay, so what's next for you? Like, what are you excited about? Like, what's on the horizon? Yeah. Um, who knows? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. I've actually been in a really privileged position to have been writing the wave of my book. And, you know, I think it, I worked so hard to write it in 2020 in lockdown and then to launch it in 2021. And, you know, it was in the middle of COVID. So there was, you know, all of the in-person events got changed or cancelled. Mm. And so did a lot of hustling online to sell it and to get it out there and 
then I think I got to that point where I was like, what's next? And I, you know, I tried to make a few, you know, I was work, working on a second idea for a book and lots of different ideas floating around. Uh, but none of them, yeah, it didn't quite feel like the right timing or doors were opening or that I was, you know, motivated enough to like do the next thing. And so have been kind of ruminating in this space of, yeah, allowing the fact that I've got a book that I spent seven years, you know, <laughs> building a business to be able to write mm-hmm. um, that is out across the world, you know, in bookshops and, you know, on Audible and all these people who are buying it and, you know, promoting it on my behalf and allowing myself to be in that space of, yeah, waiting for the right inspiration um, for the next book or, you know, we've, yeah, who knows? Uh, I'm doing a move back into a lot of program development lately as well. So exciting. So writing some online experiences for other brands and then, um, what, yeah, other businesses as well and doing coming back to in-person workshops but yeah who knows I think there's um maybe something around the second book idea or expanding on the first book as like a work love book that. Or something like that so Ooh, but it's very been exciting. really nice to just and I think you know you're the same as like you've been in business for enough time you know that was me shaving my head after seven years of being in business love that Mm-hmm. It was like the satin return of my business. And oh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it felt like this, like I shaved, I launched my book, I shaved my head and then I've just been like, okay, you know, I've worked really hard to get to this point where I can cruise for a little bit. Yeah. I'm not going to rush out of this place and really leaning into the ease and the joy and allowing myself to, yeah, to trust that life can happen for me. And um, yeah, the the right door will open and I'll be ready to walk through it when it does. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm just so happy for you. Congratulations again. That is just like, what an accomplishment. That is so exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for coming on. Um, so Mm -hmm. to wrap up, we ask the same guest every question and it's my favorite question to ask people. Um, but what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? I would like, I mean, I talk about just starting a lot and I think, but I think like just now, like that idea of just keep going, you know, Mm. like even when I I did a lot of long distance running in high school and university as well. And, you know, for me, I think that's where a lot of my also business stamina has come in of like, it was just me on a cross country track covered in mud and you know, knowing the timing, you know, and my watch and, you know, running my race and have still have my running coaches voices in my head of like, yeah, it's you and and your race. And, you know, that Mm. discipline of having to keep my head strong to keep going when there's no one there cheering you on and um, knowing, yeah, knowing the plan in your head and to keep going. So, yeah, I think that's, really good advice that I've always kind of lived by of like just getting up and and putting one foot in front of the other and staying in Mm. your own lane and Mm. yeah knowing knowing what your game plan is and sticking to it even when you want to compare yourself or get distracted or overwhelmed or you know feel like an imposter like always come coming back to you and your game plan I love that. Okay. Well, we will link everything for everyone in the show notes, but can you tell us where to find you on like all the internet spaces? (laughs) So many internet spaces. Yes. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> the startup creative pretty much everything so okay cool creative literally it's on instagram um my website is startupcreative.com.au which is an mm. australian thing and we've got a startup creative podcast as well and yeah and you can grab the book how to start a side hustle on amazon or amazing local bookshop has it love that okay well thank you so much again for coming on it was so lovely to meet you and learn from you and I'm like I'm so excited to like read more learn more so thank you so much have a great evening thanks for having me have a good one see you